For as long as I can remember, my mother always had a portrait of the Sacred Heart hanging up in her living room. It was clear from the prominent position it held who really wore the pants in the family. That picture of Jesus still haunts my imagination to this day. The dark puppy eyes seemed to follow you as you walked past, an enigmatic expression locked somewhere between sad resignation or deep longing. Or, as one of my childhood friends once put it, creepy. Even though traditional sentiments of piety might appear bizarre to the unchurched mind, pictures of the Sacred Heart are never lacking in the culture. Think for a moment about all the places that you've seen this image before. You can find it in any underpass, bookstore, supermarket, or tattoo parlor. So popular has it become that it is as much a secular icon as it is a traditional Catholic one. Such is the powerful symbol of divine love. We can see its appeal in the ways in which even non-Catholics exploit its shocking imagery. Its meaning, however, points to a recurring theme that is irresistible to modern taste. That is, unrequited love. Because we are made in God's image and likeness, we have an affinity for what is eternal. We lack the very thing that can make us whole. Why, then, do we seek fulfillment in anything else? The seductive power of sin is indeed a profound mystery. I do the very thing I do not want to do, says St. Paul. Yet, even if we were to give ourselves fully to God, is it possible to obtain that which is infinitely beyond our reach? Trying to answer that question is like trying to catch lightning in a bottle. While our knowledge of God is imperfect, our love for him, on the other hand, reaches beyond the limitations of the intellect. Experience, then, can be our only guide in this matter. But for that to happen, will require some effort on our part. It may surprise us to find that God would allow us to refuse his love. Yet experience shows that this happens more often than not. The temptation is to settle for what is e- excuse me. The temptation is to settle for what is easy and attainable without much effort. To the extent that we overlook the reality of our incorporation into the body of Christ, we will undoubtedly succumb to a worldly standard of living which ultimately leaves us unsatisfied and without hope. But in what exactly does our hope consist? And how can we possibly love God, whom we cannot begin to grasp? I will return to this theme in a moment. You heard me say earlier that the images associated with the Sacred Heart are shocking, Picture in your mind a pulsing heart wrapped in thorns, fire bursting from its veins, and blood and water pouring out of a gaping wound. This is deliberately provocative, even repulsive to some. 
It is, however, the language of sacrifice, a language every Catholic should be fluent in. And I assure you, as a religious, I am no exception to this rule. The Sacred Heart depicts for us the perfect meeting place of two energies, symbolized by the cross. The word kenosis, which in Greek is often translated self-emptying, best describes this double movement. The fathers of the Church have explained it this way. God became man, that man might become God. Now, apply your experience of rejection to the mystery of the Incarnation, and you can see that our own human condition is not incompatible with the divine life. God speaks to us the language of his sacred heart. In Jesus, he feels just like we do. He has shown to us our own vulnerability in accepting the opprobrium of the cross. In imitating Christ reigning from the tree, we too can become like God, who shows compassion. Unlike Adam and Eve, who bit off more than they could chew, genuine godliness consists in humility and sacrifice. It consists in choosing the good of the other, regardless of how we feel. Now, returning to the question about how it is that we can love God whom we cannot comprehend, I suggest that this is only possible if we love our neighbor as ourselves. We can know God by imitating his own love for us, for God is love. We touch his very essence when we participate in this mystery of selfless abandon for the common good. Listen to how St. Paul explains it. Quote, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. End quote. It may be that we find this offer to practice sacrificial love difficult to stomach. I know I certainly do. But like anything worth doing, hard toil is necessary for success. No pain, no gain, right? The only way to experience the fruits of holiness is to become holy oneself. God says that we are lovable. If we believe that, then anything is possible. Love others, and you will abide in God, and he in you. It is precisely this indwelling that our souls attain the object of their longing. And so, let us run to him who can teach us everything. He is waiting, hoping, yearning for us. Return to him with all your heart and be not afraid. Let us all pray for each other. O sacred heart of Jesus, fathomless abyss of all virtues, King and center of all hearts, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.